We have to go back! Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. I'm Ricky, and Grayson had a very important meeting uh, by the Jedi Council, uh, but that's okay because we have um, an exact clone of him uh, with us named Scott Nicewander. What? Who's that? He sounds attractive. It's you. Oh, that's me. That makes sense then. <laughs> yeah, hi. Welcome back to the podcast. We haven't had you on since Jingle All the Way. Yeah, that was what was that? Was that 2015? I don't know. It's been a while. It How long has been. <laughs> Who knows? We'll never know. There's no possible way that we can track down that answer. Yep. I guess we'll just have to exist with not knowing. Mm-hmm. I mean, as I learned from this movie, there's a difference between knowledge and wisdom. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, and as part of sequelary February, um, and someone just recently uh, tweeted at us, uh, February Quill. <laughs> that that <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, we are doing a whole month of movie sequels since February. It's the second month, and we are the most cleverest humans. Uh, we've been doing all movie sequels in the whole month of February, and today we are reviewing Star Wars Episode 2, This Time It's Personal, Attack of the Clones. Mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, that title kind of fits, because this time it really was personal. Yeah. I just want to say, you. this was kind of last minute for me. You texted me earlier today. Yeah. And was like, hey, Scott, would you mind watching Star Wars Episode 2 and talking about it on my podcast, and my response was, I thought we were friends. <laughs> it was. That was the exact uh, So I, I had to watch this movie. Uh, not only did I have to watch this movie, Ricky, I had to buy this movie. I now own the only Star Wars movie that I own is Star Wars... <laughs> Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. You're welcome. Thank you. Yes, You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> oh, I mean, I, yes. I'm just a generous person, and I like... Mm-hmm. This is what friendship looks like to me. Yeah, okay. Making people buy their that. own copy of <laughs> <Yeah>. Episode 2. <laughs> uh, we're going to give you guys a little bit of history about this film. This movie came out in 2002... Uh, two years after uh, the Phantom Menace, and way back in 2002, this movie um, wasn't what people know it to be today, which is terrible. <laughs> yeah. Um. So the movie did it uh, do really well, like at the time. It did surprisingly well. So uh, I mean, it's okay. a Star Wars movie, so it made millions yeah. of dollars. Um, it had like a hundred fifteen million dollar budget. It did. 649 million in the box office because it's Star Wars of course it's going yeah. to uh, not bad but the credit uh, the critics actually said that the movie was good they said that um, the it was a huge improvement from Phantom Menace and the visual effects were more believable and uh, disagree and they, <laughs> and they really liked Ewan McGregor's <laughs> performance oh my gosh the it's yeah. so weird the effect it looked like I was watching a video game like mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. weird. It just it didn't blend as well. But we'll get into that later. Um, yes. 
and uh, and this movie uh, also marks the, the beginning of uh, Hayden Christensen uh, playing young Anakin Skywalker and just kind of the oh. beginning of the end of his career because he went like after this his role in Star Wars he mm-hmm. just like went off the radar. Only recently did he come back in the limelight and kind of say, like, yeah, like, after that role, it's like, like, I had to do a lot of self-discovery because it felt like it was just kind of handed to me and I had to, like, figure out, like, who I am as a person. And yeah, he just, it it was a, it was a difficult role for him. I feel like I've only watched this movie one other time and that was when it was in theaters. Um, all the way back. So it's been a long time since I've seen this movie. And I do not remember his acting being as bad as it is. But I also remember like hearing from interviews and stuff that he didn't want to act that badly. He just... that was Those were the only kinds of takes that George Lucas was like okay with like so they at the end of the day like he was trying to do his best but every time george was like no could you say it more like this and then he just as soon as he embodied kind of like this brooding teen kind of whatever then george is like yes that's what i want and so they just kind of learned to to do those lines that way yep yeah and uh and this movie so episode two is called attack of the clones uh despite I don't know. I just felt like that was misleading. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's <laughs> it's it's like da- I agree. It's dawn it, of the Attack of the Clones. I feel like it's more yeah. Accurate. It, it's it's Batman v Superman, right? Yep. But like where it's just they tell you what's going to happen in the title, but it barely happens in the movie. Yeah. But also, like Attack of the Clones makes it sound like the clones are the bad guys. Yeah. But they're. But not yet. Like, that's a spoiler, you know? Like, <laughs> uh, Star Wars, Attack of the Spoilers. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And so this movie uh, is supposed to be the answer to George Lucas's 30-year plot point about the Clone Wars and why they happened. Uh, they didn't get to that until they actually made the animated movie Star Wars colon clone wars and then the subsequent right. uh tv series that lasted for a really long time clone wars mm-hmm. which followed a slightly more mature anakin skywalker um sure uh, yeah and <laughs> because he's the definitely main... had better hair <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's sans little uh jedi rat tail uh mm-hmm. which i found out was like supposed to be like ceremonial it's like a like so back pre even the clone wars movie i want to say or attack of the clones movie uh right after they did phantom menace uh there was another animated series done in the same style except to the animation and there's this moment where anakin uh like in this really cool like samurai jack animation they're like you're no yes. longer a pad- padawan and they take a lightsaber and they chop it off and just like like slow motion goes in the air, just like you are a Jedi. I was just like, oh, this is awesome. I love that. Uh, but yeah, so that's the uh, very abridged history of the movie. Uh, I'm curious, since you actually saw this movie in theaters when it came out, what yes. do you remember? Um, yeah. So the re- literally, 
there were some key scenes rewatching it this time where I just uh, first I don't know why they're not important <laughs> scenes but they're they're scenes that I remember like they're not even scenes just like instances like on Camino when when uh, Obi Wan kind of gets back like they're having that big old fight or whatever and then Obi Wan gets back up and he just like opens the door with the Force I don't remember anything else <laughs> I just remember that scene where he opens the door with the Force and it's not a it's not an impressive thing to do but it's like ah I remember that that's kind of neat or like I I mean I <laughs> how can I forget about the whole like Sand. I hate sand. It's coarse and rough and irritating. It gets everywhere. But you, you're not sand, and that's why I love you. And like that's. Hey, listen. Ugh. That's that's how you become Mr. Steel, your senator. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's it. No, I mean, but like rewatching it, I finally understood some of the plot. Cause like when I was a kid, I didn't know what was going on. I didn't understand this big conspiracy, go, you know, with with the with the chancellor and everything. I was, it's it's space politics, and the movie starts uh, with with Obi Wan lecturing uh, uh, Anakin about space politics, yep. and then to which Anakin says, "Please, not another lecture on politics." And I'm like, "Yeah, exactly." Stick to your own, follow your own <laughs> character's advice, George. My favorite, the moment where I knew that this movie was going to be one of my favorites is when they land and they say, I thought something bad was going to happen. Kaboom! <laughs> That's right. Just from moment one. <laughs> moment one. I was crying laughing. I was just like, fool, don't you know that's the voice activation for blow something up? Yeah. <laughs> that's the cue. No, there were... God, there there were so many parts of this movie where I couldn't tell if they were trying to be funny or not, or you know, like there's there's like a really small part um, where Anakin is is trying to protect um, Padme, and they're just at like a just like a restaurant or something, and like one droid tells R two, "Hey, no droids," and I'm like, "You're you're a droid though." <laughs> I could is that a joke or is this just really bad? Yep. <laughs> That's part of the joy is, like, they want you to decide for yourself. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> oh, man. Yeah, so this for me, this is actually my first time watching episode two in its entirety. I've seen... Okay. Uh, have you seen the Red Letter Media review of, like, all the Star Wars prequels? No, I haven't. It, I mean, it's an endeavor. It's, like, ten, eleven-minute part series. It's, like, basically a movie in itself. But it reviews the uh, the prequels as a whole and why they didn't work. And so I've seen that because uh, I did see episode one and I pretty much didn't see episode two or three. Uh, but I've seen clips of it and understood like why people didn't really like it. But after watching it mm-hmm. for myself, it's it's not the worst. I will say that. Like I, I saw it. I was just like, you know what? I can see how this is do you, entertaining. Do you mean it's not the like just in general, or do you mean it's not the worst Star Wars movie? Um, in general, I'd say it's not in okay. general the worst. Uh, because like I, I felt like I understood more. Um, mm-hmm. just in context, because one of the biggest things that they that people uh kind of rag on is the relationship between Padme and Anakin, um, which. I didn't have a huge problem with uh, because the big argument is just like 
I don't really believe that they're in love. And it's just like, oh, I, I believe that they are very much what they want us to believe they are to be, which is teens that these idiot adults are allowing too much responsibility with. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like they're like, they, they, it's in, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like the, the fundamental flaw is that anyone lets Anakin do anything. Yeah. He keeps on being a terrible Jedi. He keeps on just showing you all these signs like, yeah, I'm going to be Darth Vader in the future. You should have seen the signs. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Like, even just, I don't know. I felt like their relationship was, what, I agree that their relationship was exactly what George Lucas wanted us to think that it was. Like, it felt like him writing, honestly, it felt like him writing what he wish a girl told him when he was growing up. Like, you know, like, it was just him trying real hard to, to lay out his emotions, but it just came across real weird. All the time. And so he wrote he wrote a female character that was just like, no, I get it. I get what he's trying to say. He's he's not really weird. He's just saying it in a weird way or, or whatever. And that's that's the vibe I got. But it didn't it didn't make it better for me. <laughs> like understanding that, like I don't know. I just yeah, yeah. It's not it's not okay. Well, the thing that I the thing that I noticed in this movie is first off just how heavily politics I matter in Star Wars. Uh, like comparing mm-hmm. this to something like Rogue One, um, it's it. It just it deals so much with things that you have to be paying attention with, and there's nothing that you can kind of just gloss over. Whereas I feel like in post prequel, or I guess what, what I'm trying to say timeline wise, but with like you know a new hope in like the original trilogy of Star Wars, it's in the mm-hmm. aftermath of all this political stuff. And so yes. it's less to explain. And I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I I agree. It's it's like it's almost as if these movies don't matter. <laughs> um <laughs> Go on. <laughs> well, I, I just mean like well, I mean, alright, so like I said, I hadn't seen episode two in, in quite some time. And I as like as soon as that opening crawl happened, it, there's already talk of politics. And I just remember thinking, and this is not an original thought by any means, but I just remember thinking, like, boy, episode one means nothing to this movie. Like, it doesn't matter. You don't, you don't have to watch mm-hmm. it. It's just, it, there's nothing that happens in there that, that needs any, you know, repeating. Yeah, and that's what they talk about in the machete order of uh, watching Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you watch episode um, four, I'm, getting, I'm bad at math. Yeah, watch episode four, five then watch two and three as an extended flashback and then go back Mm -hmm. in and watch six. I'll tell you what, uh, also because my memory is real bad. Um, I, what I thought when he killed all the, uh, all the, uh, Tusken Raiders, Mm -hmm. I thought that was episode three. That was what my memory Uh. was telling me. But, um, no, that's that's just when it, I guess he kills all the little children. Which, by the way, when, when we first come to that scene with all the, like, uh, Obi-Wan is looking for uh, Kamino, and he goes to the class that Yoda is teaching, and we see all those little kids. My Like, now, in retrospect, I'm like, oh, they're dead. Those kids are going to yep. die. 
That makes me sad. Yeah. Well, here's the other. Th- here's one of the things that I never understood about the Clone Wars uh, movie and series is because, like, at this point in time, mm-hmm. like in Episode Two, we see Anakin murder, and what he said was, "I killed everyone, not just the yes. men, the women, and the children. They are animals. They deserve yeah. to die like animals." I. I thought it was very progressive of him to include women in there. Feminist Anakin Skywalker, you guys. I mean, he just right. really... Not. I'm not going to stop at killing the men, all right? Women can be killed, yep. too. That's all <laughs> I'm trying to say. Uh, but here's the thing that I, I was so confused by, is that because I know that the, mm-hmm. the movie trilogy for the prequels is supposed to show, like, this is how Darth Vader became Darth Vader. But then, like, the whole premise of Clone Wars is having Anakin be the lead hero. And I was so... Yes. I'm baffled by that. It's just, like, that's, like, it's in the in reference to Star Wars. It's literally, like, saying, you know what? Hitler was a bad guy. Let me watch a series of this one time in his life where Hitler was not the Hitler that we know. It's just, like, I don't... <laughs> Let me... Let me watch the summer when he's really trying to get into art school, you know? Like, like oh, well, I'm really rooting for this guy. Oh, wait, he's Hitler. Oh, this is conflicting <laughs> inside of me. Like, that was the thing I never understood about the Clone Wars. If any of you listening can explain that to me. We're at, at Flashback Flicks. Please. Yeah, no, you're... You're absolutely right, because I remember, like, one of the best... I guess one of the most redeeming qualities of this movie that I think, uh, anyway is I really started to understand his motivations um, a little bit more. Like, his mom died, and... Spoilers? Should we say spoilers? Oh, goodness. Yeah. Well, you guys are on the wrong podcast. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Uh, I mean, his mom dies, and he says, like, I, I you know, he, he kind of says out loud, like, he's powerless to stop it. He'll never be powerless to, you know, stop someone he loves from dying ever again. And that's a pretty good motivator. I like that. He goes and, you know, kills a whole bunch of people or whatever, and then cut to the next movie when uh, he does all these horrible dark things because he's now in love with Padme and he wants to make sure that he's powerful enough to stop her from, from dying. I'm like, you know what? As far as motivations go, it's not original, but it's fine. I'll accept it. It makes sense to me that that's how, that like, that's the path he would go on. But you're right. There is this kind of, you know span of time in between those two movies where he's not supposed to be going down that dark path just yet. He's supposed to be, you know, a guy. Yeah, yeah, and that <laughs> you made me realize that, that he said, like, yeah, I'm gonna stop death altogether. Or mm-hmm. make a giant machine and I'm gonna call it the Death Star. How about that? <laughs> exactly. How about, you know, it's good to have a plan B. Mm-hmm. If that doesn't work out, right, I'll just right. make death happen everywhere. Right. So people can suffer as much as I'm suffering. Oh, yeah. Then we're, like, on the same team. Exactly. I'm really just trying to unite the galaxy, you know, <sighs> in mourning. Right. So yeah. uh, kind of tying into the Death Star and Rogue One, I'm curious <laughs> about the whole little nod to the Death Star showing up. Yes. I do not remember that yeah. as a kid. So that was that was interesting. To Where me. does that fall into the timeline? Because if he's yeah. not Vader yet, how do they? How? 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 Well, I, I feel like you know, I, 
obviously I'm not the person to go to for in-depth Star Wars lore, uh, but let me tell you exactly <laughs> precisely what the ex- the answer is. Okay. Um, yeah, I think I would think that the Death Star is is the Emperor's uh, plan. I think that is canon. It's the Emperor's okay. plan because even before Anakin, like at the end of Episode Three, Anakin shows up as Darth Vader for the first time, and they're already underway with construction on the Death Star. Like that that was happening without him, and now they're gonna be like. Uh, we'll just put him in charge of this thing because he feels. I feel like he needs something in his yeah. life, you know. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and the thing that I was really surprised by is like how much they're playing up uh, Sidious not being uh, like they. That was baffling <laughs> to me. <laughs> I'm just like, are are you? Are you guys trying to make this, like, a big reveal? Like, are you guys trying to do the whole, like, Darth Vader's Luke's father thing? Because you guys are doing a terrible job. Terrible job. Oh, my God. Like, the, at the end, when it's just, like, him and his cloak, and we never, we see, like, half of his face, I'm like, that that's all that we need. I know who yeah, this that's is. Not, that's not even, they, like, Clark Kent-level, like, mystique. At all, like he could have at least thrown glasses on to at least try. He could, he could have disguised his voice a little oh, bit. Oh man, but it's just like, oh no, that's no, no, that's the senator or that's chancellor. chancellor. No, that's for chancellor. For sure. That's yeah. him, evil McEvilston. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to say his his plan was both kind of genius, but also incredibly convoluted because because like I said, this is the first time I, I kind of. I was going to say I fully understand it, but I don't want to go that far <laughs> just yet. Um, it's it's the first time I've at least somewhat grasped what was happening. So he his whole thing was he wanted to get uh, he wanted to get Padme off of the Senate temporarily so that he could throw in somebody who's more malleable like uh, like Jar Jar in to vote him as like give him extreme power to create this clone army, which then he would turn into his own personal army to kill all the Jedi. Smart, whatever, cool, I like that. But when you get down to the nitty-gritty, how did he do that? He, like, he got, from my understanding, and correct me if I'm wrong, so Palpatine got Dooku to hire Jango Fett to hire an assassin to, to attempt to kill uh, Padme. And then, knowing that wouldn't work, sent her off to... Huh. You know, yeah. It's just the the weird chain of people to be like, all right, I need you to get this person to get this person to do this other thing. This is a bit much to me. I would love to see just his flowchart that he has in his evil life. Yeah. He's like, okay, sure. And then when this happens, I've got I'll grass. tell Anakin <laughs> you'll be the strongest ever. And then, oh, that'll be good. Mm-hmm. Then I'll turn away and he won't know it's me. <laughs> and then... Yeah, and like he's like sitting around this round table of other executives, and everyone's like, "Do you think you might want to like disguise yourself a little bit?" And he's like, "What are you talking about? Perfect disguise." Uh, would you like to try it differently? No, I've got a, I've got like a hood up when I'm the evil one, and my hood is not up when I'm the good one. You see what I'm saying? Uh, is up? Is not up? Yeah. 
That, we'll, we'll workshop it. It's, it's, it's just fine. not that. It's not that strong. And I, well, I disagree. <laughs> but just. Oh man! I uh, because I didn't watch this movie. I also didn't know um, that we get a uh, background to Boba Fett as well. His yes, his clone daddy of himself. This <laughs> this movie felt like it had too many villains going on. I would have loved if Count Dooku was not in this at all. And if instead it was just Jango Fett as the big bad of the movie teamed up with Palpatine or whatever. And that would have been it. And he's the only person that we need. Because he fought like two people in the movie as well and then just died real easy on the second Yeah, but it was Mace Windu who killed him. Which, it it seemed... I was a little confused by that because I thought that Jedi's had no killing I don't think that's true. Yeah, I guess not because they hold things called lightsabers. That was the that was my bad. Um, <laughs> but when he it it felt like he didn't know that a person was in there for some reason. Like the way they held on it, oh. it was just like, oh, I thought you were just one of those other robots that we've been mercilessly killing. <laughs> and then he's just like he he's at a weird crossroads at that moment where he's like. Do I just own it, or do I like feel bad about? You know what? It was on purpose. Let's do. Yep. I'm just gonna keep fighting. Too much. No one saw it. I'm gonna continue going on. Look at all these droids. It could have been anybody. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and one thing that, or kind of going back to the whole idea of this movie making a little more sense to me as to like why they the Jedi mm-hmm. would do real dumb things. Samuel Jackson in that scene with uh, Yoda. Where they say, well, we should reveal to them that we, our ability to use a force is diminishing. I was like, oh, yeah, y'all are desperate. Like this is this makes sense. This is why you guys are all chips in yeah. on like, well, sure, Anakin is unqualified, uh, says these crazy things mm-hmm. like, yeah, I should have absolute power. You know, things you would screen in a background check. <laughs> Sure, him and I have different views on sand, <laughs> but he could be the chosen one, and we can get this this force thing back. And um, mm-hmm. and, that, and that was something that I didn't realize because it that to me justified a lot of just all these things that they were doing that did not make any sense. And also, I realized that the whole in a galaxy. Uh, far, far away, or in a long, a long, long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, that so much of the problems that happened could have easily been solved by space cell phones. Like they had to wait till they got to a landline yeah. droid and called in. I was just like, right. oh man, this is like space cell phones. Like if they just had a phone, they'd be like, mm-hmm. uh, you guys gotta listen to this and then act way quicker. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That scene with Yoda. In the lightsaber fight, I thought was mm-hmm. really cool. Like I, I, I feel like I yeah. might have the unpopular opinion about that, but when I saw that, I was like, "Oh man, Yoda's about to fight! Like Yoda's about to wreck shop when he okay when he just absorbed that electricity when he just caught that electricity." I was like, <laughs> "Oh my goodness, Yoda! Yeah. Yes, yeah." So I think my biggest problem with that scene was catching the electricity that's cool 
What I didn't need was three previous attempts of Count Dooku throwing stuff at him and then him just, like, throwing it back. Like, I didn't need that three times. It could have easily just been, well, look, Yoda, I'm more powerful than the Force. Lightning, and then Yoda catches it, and then it's like, <laughs> what are you? And then that, that's all I need, like, that one moment. I don't need, like, a back and forth, like, them playing catch before they... I, I think my favorite that. moment was like after he kept on trying to fight him, and Yoda was like, "Nope." He said, "Well, ah, it looks like we're evenly matched." And Yoda's like, "No, we're, but we're not. Like I've been, been showing you, I'm better than you." Yep, evenly matched. The only way we can settle this is with some good old-fashioned space swords. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good times. And then uh, they just, for that whole, all that action sequence for Count Dooku, they just got a stunt guy to fill in for Christopher Lee, and then they just kind of pasted his face on top of it. <laughs> Is that really what happened? It's pretty great. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Like, he, I don't know if it was he couldn't be bothered to learn the, the, the fighting, or if it was just that it was he wasn't as nimble as they wanted him to be, so they were just like, I don't know, let's just paste his face on top of, like, a stunt guy. It's probably fine. They got a lot of close-up. I mean, there were, there were some parts when the lights went out during that fight, and it was him and Anakin. Uh, it was all close-ups, and then just swishing light. They weren't even hitting. Like, it was just them swishing lightsabers up in the air to make, like, cool It was like, a cool great rave. Things. I mean, I loved it. <laughs> oh, sure was. Yeah, I yeah that was it, the effects. Man, it's amazing to me. We gotta talk about these effects, dude. What a difference fifteen years time can make with yeah. technology. This mm -hmm. is two thousand two. Like I don't even think the Scorpion King was out yet. <laughs> and, oh man, uh, which everyone knows is a milestone in special effects technology. It really is. No, it was the same year. Same year. Oh, man. It, it came out that <laughs> spring. Scorpion King came out that spring. So that's like a benchmark for what... Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. How far we have come with special effects is just amazing. Because I, I, mm -hmm. I can't even imagine how we're going to do better than what we're doing now. Like, compared to, like, Rogue One and how well they integrated uh, a lot of, you know, traditional anim animatronics with like actual CGI like yeah. it just it's becoming harder and harder to like tell the line whereas this movie do you think they thought yeah I was gonna say do you think they thought that at the time they were yes. making this movie like I don't think we'll ever be able to get any better I than really this. do I think that they're like well because that was the whole thing with doing the uh, even just the re-releases that Lucas um, mm. was just like forever known for ruining uh, he's just like oh yep. but the technology is so much better now than it was in the 70s we can make this thing look better you, you didn't you did the opposite it was a nightmare I will say one of the benefits of, of buying this movie officially was that I got access to uh, a featurette that talked about the going digital because this was the first feature length uh, movie shot completely digitally uh, instead of on film. Huh. So there was, yes, they, they, he really, really wanted to do digital for the entire new trilogy. Um, but they, it was like they hit a roadblock with they had the cameras, but nobody wanted, like nobody could make lenses for these cameras. There's these digital cameras, not the lenses that he wanted anyway. 
Lucas is who I'm referring to. Um, and they, so they couldn't film episode one digitally. They'd filmed some stuff, like all the uh, reshoots and whatever, because the lenses were ready by that time. But then once episode two got around, then they were like, we have we got to shoot this entire thing digitally because there's no other way to make a Star Wars wow. film, which is, I think, one of the reasons why visually these movies look... They just don't look like a Star Wars film to me. Huh. I don't know if that's an opinion that other people share, but they just... I don't know. Star Wars looks great on on actual film. I think J.J. Abrams even went back to the, the old uh, technology when he made oh, yeah. Force Awakens. Yeah, it's, I yeah, it's it just kind of has its. I feel like that adds another layer of, like texture to it mm-hmm. almost, and and just the colors as well because that's one thing they were talking about in this featurette was how digital film picks up colors uh, so vibrantly and and it, very differently than uh, just traditional film, and so that's why they started experimenting with making Star Wars like just incredibly saturated in these old or the, in these new um, in this new trilogy yeah. so and I've I heard and watching this movie makes it almost confirms it in and of itself that they never made a physical Clone War armor it was all a hundred percent of them were all CGI yeah I noticed that <laughs> yeah and, like, on one hand, I, I was thinking, like, oh, that makes – I guess that's cheaper maybe. But also if you want to get – if you want to, like, creatively come up with a reason for why they would do that, well, they're all clones. It's easier to copy and paste the same body type than it is to find, you know, extras that have the same uh, build and, and height and everything. So – but, I mean, that's just me trying to be <laughs> – trying to apologize for this movie. It was, <laughs> it, was, it was 100% done because it was probably cheaper. Uh, and it was, you know, George thought the technology was there. Yeah. Well, I mean, imagine what, because I, I mean, in George's defense, uh, I feel mm-hmm. like he was like a kid in a candy store when it came to like mm-hmm. CGI. It's just like, well, what if we made a really big army, like a big, <laughs> so big, and and like, and the and the aliens are, are, are alien like, and then they're. Man, what if we did that? What if we did everything? Oh yeah, it was. It was, the movie. This is why I don't. I think Episode Two is is the worst of all the Star Wars movies. Oh really? Yes, I think it is the worst because as much as people hate on Episode One, I cannot fathom how they think that Episode One is worse than Episode Two. Number one, Episode Two should have learned from Episode One. But also, not more than that, like, it's just, episode one had, they were, because they didn't have this purely digital look to it, uh, they were also still working with miniatures and, like, practical sets, and then this movie came along and they're just like, let's just do the whole thing on blue screen and see what happens. And it was, ugh, it just doesn't, it just doesn't, like, visually it doesn't hold up and it doesn't look good. Yeah. I hear that. Um... And I disagree wholeheartedly. Oh no! Oh no! Fighting, blood in the streets. What's gonna happen? It's okay. Um, I'll I'll okay. save I'll save my my opinions on that in another segment. But right now, all right. <laughs> what we're gonna do is we're going to dive into a segment called Head Cannon. 
This Yay. is the part of the show where we share our unique ideas about the movie and untold stories based on evidence provided by the film. Uh, mm-hmm. And you told me, Scott, that you have yes. some pretty juicy headcanon. Oh, I sure do, Ricky. Um, I think we all recall the library scene where Obi-Wan is trying to find Kamino, but it, he can't, it just doesn't exist in their records. He can't figure it out. And there's this wonderfully acted librarian uh, type character who comes up and, and is talking to him about like, well, I've never heard of this Camino. It doesn't show up in our records. And he's like, well, where could it be? It, it has to, it's impossible that it's not here. It has to be here. And then she just very angrily, you know, kind of whips back at him. If it's not in our records, then it doesn't exist. And then she walks away. My headcanon is that that librarian character was actually Chancellor Palpatine in, like, Count Olaf-style makeup, (laughs) trying to just, like, continue to foil Obi-Wan Kenobi as he continues to get closer to figuring out his plan. Just, like, in... He's in there researching and just, like... No, that I don't commit. That doesn't. That, that's not a planet I've heard of. It doesn't exist. Stop looking. Oh my goodness! Yes, I accept it. <laughs> <laughs> Look, they can't. It she that role. Whoever that actress was, killed it. Absolutely became my favorite character of the entire movie, and uh, I had to imagine a bigger part that she was. She was playing a bigger part in this whole scheme. Yeah. See here, that's I I love that piece of headcanon, but I have a piece of headcanon with the same character. Um, Ooh, yay! So it is understood that most like so this takes place in a galaxy far far in a far. I'm flubbing it. So this the, that whole thing. Yeah, Star Wars takes place uh, in a galaxy a long long time ago in a galaxy long far far ago, away, yeah. and so that librarian she reminded me of another librarian that's very prominent um, and very scary in their responses. The librarian ghost from Ghostbusters. Nice. Headcanon. Same person. Same person. And she's just looking for Kamino. She's just trying to find Kamino. She's like, where is it in the records? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, yeah, ever since she she met Obi-Wan, she's just been That's her unfinished business. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> She's just trying to find it. Oh, I would love that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah. Th- that's, I mean, I don't have a ton of headcanon just with, I mean, just because so many things that well, happened. Oh, of course. I think the obvious one that we could repeat is that famous Jar Jar Binks theory um, oh that, made, that circulated the internet, which I think... I think maybe bears repeating in light of this movie. If if people went back and watched it, uh, as as we did, I think um, it's interesting how they played Jar Jar in this one because they could have easily made him the the grand manipulator because he was left in charge of Padme, uh, of Padme's role, and so the the way they played it off in this movie was. Oh, well, if only, you know, like the Chancellor was saying, like, oh, if only Padme was here. And then Jar Jar overheard, overheard that and was like, oh, man, well, I got to do that because that's what Padme would do. But if, I mean, if that was never set up and he Jar Jar really was this e- big evil Sith Lord, um, then, you know, him just ushering away Padme and taking over her position is 
all we would need. Like, it, it would just be... They wouldn't need to try to convince Jar Jar to do anything else. Um, he would just do it because he's in tight with the, with the Chancellor. Yeah. So I think... I think watching these movies again in light of that theory, I personally believe it It super holds up. Oh, yeah. Because, like, it, like why would Jar Jar spend the next 10 years after Phantom Menace, like, working his way up into the Senate? Mm-hmm. Like, that, mm-hmm. that first off is real suspect. It's just like, hmm. Yeah, and then he becomes the one person standing in between... Uh, Palpatine and all of the power in the galaxy, and we're just supposed to believe that they manipulated him into giving the power away. Sure, fine. It makes way more sense if he was actually in tight with Palpatine and was like, "Hey, man, I got you. I'm gonna vote to give you all the power." Yeah. Yeah. The um, and the, I mean, this is more a question. Uh, that kind of mm-hmm. delves into headcanon. Um, so you know that old 50s-style diner that they <laughs> met at? Yes, uh, with with Dex. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> <laughs> Is the guy just said Just what? Like, I, I'm just super, like, it just caught me way off guard because, like, you have, like, the um, the cantina that's, like, mm-hmm. it's reminiscent of, like, this old-style, like, space bodega mm-hmm. kind of thing. I was going to say, they tried to, this is something the every movie, I guess, has done, but they tried to recreate some classic Star Wars moments by, like, having Obi-Wan cut off somebody's hand in the, in the cantina in this movie as well, which, uh, before doing so... Uh, Obi-Wan had uttered the line to Anakin, I, you'll be the death of me someday, oh, or something yeah. like that. And I'm like, I was like, come on, guys. Really? And he's like, don't say that. You're like a dad to me. <laughs> yeah. But I was just I was just so thrown off by that 50s-style diner that mm. they had. I'm like, but, but how? Like, space nostalgia? <laughs> like, I don't, I was so just taken aback by that. Like, yeah. like who says you know what? I want to go back to one of those. It could have been <laughs> hip and trendy at the time we were watching it. Because remember, these movies do take place in the past. So, oh yeah, yeah. Who yeah. knows? Because like everything else seemed like it was a very defined future. Like when he went, when they went into that club. Like okay, mm-hmm. it's not like modeled after a specific kind of club it's just like okay yeah people in right. space party sure but like the fact that it's just it's just like a it's like a diner with mm-hmm. yeah like the dex even has a mustache and like the the robot the droid waitress talks exactly <laughs> like a 1950s yeah uh, it's yeah i i just thought that was really really a thing that stood out mm-hmm. uh and i was just real confused by oh for sure i mean this movie had no shortage of of confusing moments and that was just a <laughs> that was just piled on top i yeah. think was amazing um but throughout this movie i just felt like every action sequence was just like a series of of fumbling around every 
everybody constantly got their weapons knocked away from them. Constantly. To the point where Obi-Wan was fighting uh, uh, Jango Fett on Kamino, and he... Like, he loses his lightsaber, and we get a close-up shot of it falling to the ground. And then Jango Fett loses his gun, and we get a close-up shot of it falling to the ground. And then Obi-Wan force tries to bring his lightsaber to him, and then it misses, and we get another close-up shot of it falling to the ground. And then, in that whole scuffle, uh, Jango Fett loses his jetpack, and it just flies off. And just it, then it's just fist-fighting. And it's, I, I didn't want... I, I don't know. It's just... It's all... A, the hassle and then on the flip side of that you get the big end scene uh, the big end battle where we have a thousand Jedi uh, who it looked it looked like if you pay attention to the background fighting it, it almost looked like they got just like family members of the crew to come in and they were just like hey do you want to just like f- pretend to be a Jedi and they were just they basically it's like Star Wars kid where they just filmed them just do it, pretending to be a Jedi and they went back and they added in all the special effects because it's not good, but it's it's entertaining. And that famous scene is the reason why uh, Mace Windu has a purple lightsaber is because Samuel L. Jackson wanted to be able to see where he was in the action, mm-hmm. so he got yeah. a purple lightsaber. That's right. And then, I, I, as I recall, George Lucas was very against it until they went to the editing room and they were like, you know, just try it out. And he's like. Actually, this looks that bad. Let's keep that in. Yeah. So, good on you. Yeah. So now we're going to go into our show called Recast and Remake, where we talk about if this movie were to be remade today, uh, who would be recast, and what would the story be of the remake? Um, here's the thing that I want to see more than anything. Like, this movie gave me the gift of knowing that I wanted this thing so badly. Um, and that is a Star Wars series that is a prequel between episodes one and two. All I want to do is see angsty Anakin Skywalker and Jedi School. That's it. That's all I want. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, that'd be great. Oh, man. I think... See, this is my problem, because I don't know if the timeline lines up with the rest of the Star Wars universe, but... My, I think, I think Anakin should have like how old he was in Episode Three is how old he should have been in Episode One. Like I, th- I don't, we didn't need to start him out as a kid. Start him out a little bit older, uh, and then he just continues to get older as, as you know. So we don't have to go through these angsty teenage years. Oh, but the, here's the, that's what I legitimately throughout the entire movie loved every time Anakin was super angsty. <laughs> it was my favorite part of the whole movie. He's oh like, oh, I'm stronger than him. He doesn't understand yeah. me. Just that one scene. Like, I just, if I was in the head of of Padme at that moment, her all she was thinking at that, at that exact scene was, I am just trying to pack. <laughs> That's all I'm trying to do right now. <laughs> Because she's just getting ready to leave, and he's like, oh, uh, where I guess we're going on this trip, I'll protect you. Because I'm stronger than Obi-Wan. He doesn't think I'm as strong as he is. And she's just continuing to pack, like, not even looking at him. She's just like, I don't want to get involved in this. Why are they, why is this one the one who's protecting me? This does not seem right. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Excellent point. 
why literally no other Jedi have this assignment? Because he says, yeah, hey. we saw how many there were at the end of this movie. Any one of those could have been the, the fill-in. Oh, goodness. But, but, yeah. No, I think they tried to explain that away at the beginning by being like, well, we'll put you with somebody that you know so that it doesn't interrupt your flow or whatever. But at that point, she's just not working anymore. So it doesn't matter about her flow. She's just. No, that that was Palpatine. That, that was his yeah. little play. That makes, hmm. Mm-hmm. Look at mm-hmm. you, Palpatine. Um, but yeah, I, I really just love angsty Anakin. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. maybe ironically, maybe unironically, <laughs> I don't know. But I just know that joy was felt anytime he was just super angsty. My heart hurts knowing that we can never be together. Oh my God. <laughs> I, I wanted to write... I wanted to write down the entire piece of dialogue when they're sitting in front of, like, the fire at the end of the night, and he's just, like, spilling his heart to her. And every every sentence is completely disjointed from the last. And it's, it's like he talks about how, like... Um, yeah, like how he's dying inside ever since that she he came into her life, or whatever. And then he's just like, I feel pain, and it's agony... And then he just follows it by being like, I'll do anything that you want. Just tell me what you want. And I'm like, what? I don't, what is happening right now? Is this love to him? Ugh. Yeah. It's a nightmare. And I would, here's the other thing I really want to see. Just like as a, a spinoff material, I just mm. want to see Jedi Academy. Because he, yes. he, here's the thing that I'm also a little confused by. It feels like Anakin is the only teenage Jedi. <laughs> He's one of a kind. But yet they have these they have Jedi preschool um mm-hmm. where they teach kids to tell Obi-Wan uh he he hit the files. Well, the kid said it, so <sighs> guess that's true. It's <laughs> my my the thing I hated most about that part was how no one else thought of it and that's like the most obvious answer because like yoda even comes back with uh truly wonderful the mind of a child is i'm like that's just logic dude that's like to to say that none of you even thought of that before yeah that's suspicious to me yeah i i just really want to see yeah jedi academy because the it has to like either because here, here's, I guess this would be a piece of headcanon. Either yeah. Jedi training is just so bad, mm-hmm. and they just stop training you after once in a while, that there's, like, no professional development when it comes to Jedi, like, yeah. later in their career. Or there is no school. And it's just, like, a hand-selected process, and they just go with the flow. And I want to think that there is, like, an agile Jedi Academy because all of the adult Jedi are on the same page to some degree because apparently only Jedi turn evil. That's the other thing. It's not like there's, like, yeah. another, like, like rival school of Jedi-ery. It's just like, oh, yeah, he used to be a Jedi, and now he's super evil. Like, it feels like... <laughs> Like, there's, there has yeah. to be some kind of, like, I don't know, selection process, background screening, mm-hmm. or something that we just aren't seeing that's just, like, the major flaw in the Jedi system. I would 
Because now all I'm picturing is like a set of, of new parents who are really hoping their kid gets into Jedi school. <laughs> because if they don't, then they're just going to be turned into, like, they'll have no other place to go but become Sith. <laughs> so. Yep. They're just trying to protect their child's future. Yeah. The, um, oh yeah, like. That would actually be, that would be a great movie if it was like a pair of, a pair of feuding parents trying to get their kid into the last slot of Jedi school. <laughs> And actually, and comedy ensues. That is yeah. the plot of the Last Jedi. That's uh, <laughs> you. You are correct. There's one slot left. Who's gonna be the Last Jedi? Who's gonna, who's gonna be the Last Jedi? <laughs> uh, spoiler alert for That's Last right. Jedi, guys. Sorry about that. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh, fantastic! Oh, I I really that that's all. That's really what I want to see. As far as casting goes. Um, yes. Let's just say they decided to re-remake episode two. Um, Which they will at some point. Abs- absolutely. Um, I would really enjoy seeing... Um, I'm blanking on his name. He's Peter Lam- Mal- Malark. Um, Jake Lloyd, modern day. <laughs> um no, I know. Uh, Josh Hutcherson. Yes. Hutcherson? Josh Hutcherson would be such a good Anakin. Ooh, he would be. I would good. love him as, like, teenage Anakin. He plays that angsty teen pretty well. Yeah, and I think that he could do it. I think he would do it in a way that may. Because, I mean, I'll, I'll. I won't go back into the. I will. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think the way that Anakin played. Or, I think the way Anakin was played was it uh, when he was angsty it made sense but when he was just unhinged it didn't because like no one kept him in check except for obi-wan yeah. obi-wan is the only one who's like uh dude not cool but i feel like um if josh hutcherson were to play him it would i think it would be a little more connected and because uh, there's no reason why he should be upset, in my opinion. But maybe yeah, I forgot about teen angst or, or whatever. But it's just like, um, yeah. you're in training. You're the only teenage Jedi here, and you've been doing this for ten years. What are you upset about? Like, it's not even to say it's teen angst is even a bit much because as of this movie, he's 19. Like, he's not in his middle. He's not in the middle of his teenage years. He is almost 20. This is the last possible year someone could call him a teenager. He should be out of this phase by now. You're so right. I completely forgot about that. (laughs) I forgot how time works and that he wasn't seven in the first movie. Yeah. No, he was nine... Uh, and then it was 10 years. This movie jumped 10 years into the future. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh and, of, of course, for Padme, um, Jennifer Lawrence. I don't know why, but I just think <laughs> that she'd be really, really great. Um, yeah, I just paired up with Josh Hutcherson. Yeah, and then Chris Hemsworth would be um, Obi-Wan. And, yeah. uh, and Palpatine would be um, Christopher Walken. Man, I love that. Great casting. You're welcome, future Star Wars movie. We did it here first. 
You know, I mean, maybe it's just because I'm a big Aquaman fan, but I would love to see Jason Momoa in a Star Wars movie in some capacity. Like, as an, as a Sith. Yes. Fan, I think he would rock that role. So if they wanted to completely... I mean, I understand, like, Dooku, out of all the other Sith Lords that we've seen, Dooku kind of seemed like the most civilized one. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, even to the point where his lightsaber almost was shaped like a cane. Like, it was, you yeah. know? Like, he was just supposed to be this... Uh, yes, uh, I'd much rather use the Force than fight with a lightsaber, but oh well. Um, but I would love if they just completely wanted to redo... Uh, Dooku as someone who's actually terrifying and menacing, uh, a phantom menace, if you will. <laughs> then, uh, yeah, having him be having Jason Momoa stand in as like a physically imposing uh, character would be. Yeah, I was gonna say, heck, he didn't even have to be Dooku. I would love to see him as as a, a, a recast Jango Fett. I think he'd be great. Ooh, he role. would. I was thinking of him maybe as like Darth Maul's second cousin, Derek. Oh yeah, Derek Maul. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, no, I th- but no, he'd be a great Jango Fett. Man, he would be awesome because then we would get just clone. We would just get Jason Momoa clones as the clone <laughs> army, and it would just and everyone would be happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh. <laughs> If you are going to have uh, all these different aliens, uh, why not have Muppets? Yeah, it's a good call. And I just, and also just the not I, the Frank Oz is fun. I wonder. I feel like why not have Muppets should be the tagline <laughs> of every movie. Yep. <laughs> why not have Muppets? Why not have Muppets? I don't. I don't understand the, the problem here, guys. It's, they're available. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So now what we're going to do is we're going to wrap up our review with our reasons to recommend. You are challenged, Scott, <laughs> to find yes, a I reason am. Uh, to recommend this movie. Uh, I have to find a this reason. Can, this can also just be your final thoughts about the movie if it's too challenging. <laughs> yes. Uh, no, I mean, there are definitely some redeeming qualities. You said this at the very beginning, but it's something I wanted to circle back to, was that Ewan McGregor's acting in this is great. I think, out of all the characters, he had the most fun with his role, um, and he really embodied the character of Obi-Wan and made him just a ton of fun to watch. Uh, I think they even talked about, there's even talks of him coming back for a, uh, Obi-Wan movie that takes place in between episode 3 and 4 to kind of see what his whereabouts Ooh. are doing. And I think that would be awesome because he's he is by far the best part of this movie. Uh, even just his quips to to Anakin back and forth are great. So definitely watch it for that one and only <laughs> reason. Uh, yeah. I like, Here's the thing. Like this movie, I went into watching Star Wars episode 2 kind of expecting it to not be great because of what the the reputation that the prequels have now gained but after watching it like and especially watching it for the first time in its entirety i i think it's worth seeing and understanding what they were going for um it's it's not it's nowhere near what star wars kind of has become today especially with um 
Force Awakens, Rogue One, and like what those movies gave us Star Wars wise, but this movie was its movie. <laughs> well, let, let me say it like this. Um, but this movie was trying to fill in the gaps. Um, and for that, yeah. it, it, it did it. it. It did this thing where they were, they wanted to answer these questions. They wanted to give more details to the lore, even though it didn't necessarily need it um, as a franchise. But um, the thing that I really did enjoy about this movie was... Um, watching angsty Anakin just angst all over the place. It's like where I couldn't enjoy Peter Parker's angst in Spider-Man 3, I could enjoy Anakin's mm-hmm. angst in Episode 2. Um, and yeah. it's it's fun to see this movie in context to its time because like if we I feel like if we didn't have these movies, I don't think that we would have gotten what we have today. Um, I would argue, yeah. pointing to a video that you recently made, Ooh. I think the prequels are the breath of uh, kind of farce in the Star Wars franchise to give us a fresh yeah. new take on um, what we now have. So basically, this is the Adam West Batman or the Joe Schumacher Batman. Um, of To make us more appreciate, to, yeah, to, to kind of get us ready for these this next set of... Star yeah. Wars films that are more serious because these are you're right I mean to say that these aren't farcical is is you know just <laughs> wrong I think like because just from the very beginning they have that uh, that chase sequence where oh they gosh, yes. run through like power couplings and they get a, they get shocked and it's just it's played for a laugh. And so, like, they run through the, they, they fly through electricity, and they just, and you, you're expecting, oh, they're going to get hurt. This is, like, a big, you know, like, they, it, it's, a, it's a trial in this, you know, action scene. And they just kind of go, <laughs> like, just shake it off. And they're like, I told you not to do that. And then just nothing. And then continue on with the completely useless, and it's just played for yeah. laughs. Yeah. So that's what these movies are. They're just supposed to be like a palate cleanser <laughs> for the rest of these other Star Wars movies. Uh, overall, I would say I would recommend this movie, um, especially if you're a completionist, um, and especially after... I think it does still work in the machete order of things, because if you watch it as a whole within the movie, I think it, it fits in and it has its place, especially if you do want that backstory. So... Um, also, if you're looking for some dating advice, um, look no further than this movie. Just compare the one you care about, uh, to the opposite of sand, and results may vary. Uh, but it worked for Anakin! (laughs) It sure did. Well, that is our review of Star Wars colon episode 2 dash Attack of the Clones. Let us know what you remember about Attack of the Clones on Twitter and Instagram. We are at Flashback Flicks. Um, and it would help the podcast out a lot if you left us a review um, on iTunes. So, on a scale of sand uh, to Padme, uh, how would you rate this podcast? Aww. 
this specific podcast about uh, Attack of the Clones. And, um, yeah. We would really appreciate it. Yes, please. And, Scott, where can they find you? You can find me at a wealth of places on the internet. But um, I'll just tell you about one then. Because I, uh, along with a friend of mine, Dylan, who you may know as Orem on the internet. Or you may not know him at all. Uh, he, him and I just recently launched a brand new podcast called The Online Podcast. Because we're hilarious. Um, that's the one. That's the one I've heard about. Yes, it just launched today as of we're, as of us recording right now. Um, and there are six episodes up right now. It's just a dumb, <laughs> silly time of him and I just chatting. No topics, uh, nothing particular. So if you just want to listen to two idiots talk for a bit, uh, then go over there. It's a good time. Other than that, you can find me at Scott Nicewander everywhere on the internet. That's right. That's awesome. And thank you so much, Scott, for joining us for this lovely conversation about Star Wars. I mean, they, thank you for having me. Uh, although I will be sending you the bill for my my uh, now Star Wars movie <laughs> collection of one film. That is... Understood. <laughs> and we are going to continue on with our month of sequels. So be sure to tune in next time uh, right here on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. Until then, remember to be kind and rewind.